0: Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts.
1: Let's head to Granbury, Texas. Jared, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Hey, uh, I got a question. Uh, me and my wife just bought a new house and uh, we have a quite large backyard we're looking to build a, a deck off the patio. It, it slopes down about maybe six, seven degrees from where the patio ends. And we're not sure what type of deck material that we'd, we'd be looking into. You know, I know they have the, the hardwood, and, you know, you can stain it and seal it. And I was told that they have this wood out here that's uh, it's not exactly plastic, but it's kind of like a manufactured fake wood. Yeah, it's a sure synthetic. Thing. Synthetic, okay. Yeah, Trex makes one of them. Uh, it, there's a couple of manufacturers of them. It, it really depends on what you're going to be doing. Uh, I personally, on the on like the deck on my back patio, I used regular deck lumber, treated lumber, and wow. it, at this point, it's been there for 16 years. Uh, the only reason I'm going to take it off later this year is because I'm going to make a bigger deck, and I, I don't want wow. to have the joints there. Uh, I have a dock at my house that I actually have the synthetic deck boards on. The biggest difference is, if you use synthetic, you have to put your joist closer together. With using deck boards, you can go 16 inches apart. With using Um, the synthetic boards, uh, you end up cutting it down to like 12 inches. They they don't span as, as readily as lumber does and right. it'll tend to get sags if you try to go too far apart. Right. Cool. Well, I appreciate you taking my call. Thank you very much. You bet. Take care. Bye. Uh, you know, the other thing with with using synthetic versus the regular lumber, the synthetic actually is easier on your feet, easy to take care of. You can just pressure wash it, and you're done. Uh, but with the new... Sealers like Ready Seal that you hear me talk about all the time, you know that protects the wood so well. You don't have to mess with it for several years either. So I personally prefer the look of the real wood. Still, Uh, that's just my personal preference. The only reason my dock has a synthetic on it, I had the dock made. It's a floating dock, and then I just brought it in and floated it out. I didn't have to mess with it. So. They use synthetic. That's what's on there. Terry, this is Jim. How can I help you?
0: Uh, Yes, thank you. Um, So I have stairs with carpet on it. I'd like to remove the carpet and replace it with wood. Um, How hard of a project is that to do? I've been told that it's very challenging and we should only use experts to do so.
1: I, I did mine. I didn't find it to be challenging at all. Yeah, t- uh, uh, really, all you need to do is pull the carpets off, clean up all the staples and nails and all that kind of stuff, and as long as the treads that are underneath there are uh, s- flat, what I did with mine is I put new faces facing out, and I got some nice oak treads that I put down on top of the existing 2 by materials, so I just refaced everything and then put the uh, stain and finish on it. And it, it's actually a fairly easy project. It's kind of tedious. I mean, you know, okay. cause you, you're doing basically one step at a time. But uh, beyond that, it's, it's actually a, a very doable project for most people.
0: So with that uh, overhang on the stairs there, do I have to cut that even with the upright portion before I replace it? Or do I leave that and use that?
1: I left it on mine and had i put in a new three quarter inch piece of you know that came down, and so my okay. treads the treads the part you walk on is a stained finish, and then the part that comes down is white, and I just white. attached it straight to that, and my new treads I had stick out just a little bit further than the face, so I just kind of reset everything that way,
0: okay, thank you
1: you bet. Good luck with that, Terry. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You know, a, a lot of times, especially on projects like doing something like that or laying tile, things like that, it's a tedious job. Most people can do it if you take your time. And a lot of times you can make it look better than if you hire somebody only because you're paying attention to the details, not trying to rush through to get it done fast. And it, it a lot like I said. A lot of times it'll come out great. And if you use the pre-done treads, uh, you know, like I said, I put complete new tread in where it was a one-piece oak. It's already got the beveled front on it and everything. And you cut them to the length that you need and and install it and then caulk around it. It seals everything up. They look great. I did not caulk and seal mine. Until after I had already stained it then I went ahead and did all the sealing or caulking and of, of the, the joints and all that stuff so uh, but you know again this this is something that's easy for for most people to do it's just time consuming Carlos how are you very
0: good thank you how are you Jim wonderful hey, I'm uh want to uh, redo my backsplash in my house but I would rather just lay uh, my tile over the existing tile, and I'm wondering if uh, I can do that if I use a you know, bonding agent, whether I use mastic or thinset or whatever your advice is.
1: You can. Uh, this is for the backsplash, right? Yes, sir. Okay. They make a a uh, product. It, it's a tar type substance that comes in a roll that you can literally roll out, and it'll, it'll adhere to the existing tile, and then you put your new tile on it. There's no mud to mess with, no nothing, and it sticks. So instantly, when you put the tile in place, you're able to put your grout line uh, onto it, and you're done.
0: Really? Will that work with the, the web type of tile, like the mosaic style, you know, the, the newer uh, type of tile that uh, comes with the web mesh backing? Yes, it will. Oh, great. That's, uh, well, that sounds simple. You're yep. going to need another project. I guess that'll be done in no time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I tell you, I used it on at, on my house, and uh, I did it 15 years ago, so I know it holds up well. And wow. instead of having to wait for mastics to dry and all that, you literally can do the whole project in one day.
0: Yeah, that sounds, uh, that sounds incredible. And that's available in all the uh, big box stores or you know i I've, I've
1: seen it periodically at the big box stores uh i find it at uh floor and decor is where i get it
0: okay yeah we have a. I don't know what uh we have a number of uh, independent tile uh, flooring yep. stores and uh, that so they may carry that as well i'll, I'll give them a try
1: okay okay
0: F- fantastic thanks for your help have a good weekend you
1: bet take care bye bye bye
2: hello mary Hi, how are you, Jim?
1: I'm doing good. How about you?
2: Great, thank you. I have a pretty elementary question because I've never done this before, but my front steps are made out of satio tile, and I guess you call it the grout between the steps. has cracks in it and chips and needs to be replaced, and I thought it would be easy enough to do myself, but what do I get? To use for grout? Do I use what they use on brick or, or what do I use and should I chip a piece out to match the color? It's just a pale gray uh, and what do I use for a tool?
1: Are you going to try to just match in what's there or are you going to take it all out,
2: well, all the grout that out? That was and redo another it? question for you. If I can just match what's there and put it on top of it because it's sunk a little bit and I could probably just patch it. You will will find
1: it extremely unlikely that you're going to be able to just patch it and match very well. Uh, Just because it's been exposed outside and stuff, I'm sure it has faded and changed colors and all kinds of stuff. Probably so, yeah. Yeah. More than likely, the easiest is going to be to remove the grout that's there and put new grout in And they they make special tools for doing that. Uh, they got hand tools for doing it, or you can use like a Dremel tool. But how wide of grout lines do you have? Because some of those settea tiles get pretty wide.
2: It's not very wide. It's maybe less than half an inch. Okay. Or half an inch at the most.
1: Yeah, then uh, what I would do is look at like a Dremel tool that has a a little wheel on it that you can take that stuff out and then re right. it using an okay. exterior grout.
2: Okay. Okay, so if I go to the big box store, what section would the grout be in?
1: It's in the flooring section. Um, okay. But I would, I would recommend you, you know, you're up in spring. There's a flooring yeah. decor up there. I would go into floor and decor because they'll have the tools you need as well as the the proper grout and stuff.
2: Okay. That's good to know. I never would have thought of them. I was thinking Ace Hardware has people who help you. But um, I'll try floor and decor then. Okie doke. Thank you very much. You're
1: welcome. Paul, how can I help you? Hey Jim. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Good. Got a quick question for you and wondering if you ever had experience with this problem, but... um, got a new home build and basically two rooms of the house that have the can led lights with ceiling fans in there yeah when you have all the lights off and you switch the the ceiling fan switch on and then off the led lights will blink or flash uh just when the switches to the fans are messed with so uh kind of got our builder and electrician's puzzles they've had another house do the same thing and at this point they're thinking it may be something tied to the ceiling fans but I was just wondering if you had any idea about that. or. Yeah. I'll tell you, I was putting a ceiling fan in a place in a new house one time for my parents, and I got zapped because it was backfeeding through the neutral. Uh-huh. And I am bet that's what they've got is they've got to backfeed through either the grounding or the neutral. And so when it's hitting that flash when the switch is hit, mm-hmm. it's just that extra little burst is enough to make the lights flash. Uh, It's going to trace more than likely back into the breaker panel. They need to check all the circuits and the way they're hooked up onto the uh, neutral bar in there. I got you. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you for... You bet. Take care. Have a good day. This comes from Dennis in Garland. Jim, we are installing laminate flooring in our den that currently has ceramic tile. Our desire mostly to save... A dusty mess is to lay the laminate directly over the tile. The ceramic tiles is in excellent shape with no cracks or loose tiles and the floor appears to be completely level. Is this possible? Then what procedures should be followed with regards to subflooring materials, etc.? Someone told me that laying laminate over the tile might create a cupping or hollow sound when work- walking on it your knowledge and thoughts will be greatly appreciated dennis well you you actually can go over it you know just keep in mind it's going to increase the height of the floor a little bit more so i don't know what it's adjoining to but you'll have to put something to transition into the other floors now typically you end up putting a floor leveler down to fill like the grout lines and highs and lows spots because you do want a flat surface when you're putting the the laminate flooring down Uh, as far as the hollow sound hey that all depends on the underlayment you use and if you go by one of the floor and decor stores they've got a display where you can drop a golf ball on three different types of uh, underlayment on a piece of laminate And what a difference it can make as far as that hollow sound. Everybody always thinks it's because of what's underneath. It is. It's the underlayment that you use. And even though you're going over tile, you would still have an underlayment on top of the tile, You know that little cushion type stuff. Now, I personally don't recommend going over the tile. If it was mine, I'd tear the tile out and go back down to the concrete floor. But the question is, can it be done? And the answer is, yes, it can be done. You just have to make sure that, again, you use some leveler to fill all the the grout lines and stuff and give yourself a good, solid surface to work on, and that'll take care of it. We have a carport that is 20 years old. The wood posts holding up the carport are sitting directly on the cement ground. They're beginning to rot and break away at the base, where there are exposed to water, we need them replaced and installed correctly. Can you recommend someone we can trust to do the job right? Well, first of all, let's talk about what are you, what are you going to do to do the job right? Because you know if the the posts are sitting on the concrete, and this happens a lot. And sometimes it's even that the posts are surrounded by the concrete because the post is there first, and then the concrete is poured. Moisture. Gets in there and the post sits in water and it does start to rot. So what can you do? Well, the bottom of the post can be cut off, get rid of the rotten stuff, and now you got a choice here. You can jack up where it settled some, add some sections of post underneath, and then wrap it with a base, you know, like a a one by six or something like that to decorate it and cover up the fact that you added to it. Uh, you can. Put a steel base underneath where you cut the post off in order to hold it, and again wrap it to cover it up, but no matter what you do, you're actually going to wrap it to cover up the area that you cut and added to uh, The advantage of using a steel is it's not uh, you would use something that's all uh oh galvanized so that it doesn't rust and settle anyways. Because if you use just regular metal, yes, it's going to rust out. Uh, But it'll buy you years and years of good use of those posts still. So as far as somebody who can do it, most homeowners can handle that one. It's a pretty basic, simple job to do.
0: Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us.
1: Jake, how can I help you?
0: Yes, sir. I have one of those turbo spinning things, or a couple of them on my roof, and I yep. noticed my neighbor, na- I got a 60-year-old house, all right, and my neighbor's spin a lot faster than mine. Is there a way to, like, oil them, or should I replace them, or what do you think?
1: Well, I'm not a huge fan of the turbines to begin with uh it, the way they work is they just spin on a little rod up there and it is possible that it's just built up a bunch of gunk if you oil it you have to be very careful what you oil it with because if you just put oil on there and uh you know especially like this time of year with all the pollen and stuff it'll actually get into that oil and gum up so you'd want to use a lubricant that that doesn't gum up you know does doesn't absorb stuff
0: uh, like three and
1: one is no typic- good. I'm old. Uh, not no. <laughs> yeah, no. It, it. That would not. That would not be good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. A graphite. A graphite right. would do better. Um, All right. A silicone, type yeah. lubricant, but uh, typically you shouldn't have to lubricate them.
0: Well, is well, maybe it's just gunked up because they're not spinning like the neighbors are, but. Or maybe even replace them. I mean, I'm not going to redo the whole roof. I'm just no. would replacing them be a better idea?
1: Are they are they spinning at all?
0: Well, they, no, they do spin. It's just okay. You know, it, it takes a heck of a breeze to get them going.
1: Yeah. Okay. So they're not moving when it's a slow breeze. It takes a, a pretty good breeze to keep them, to get them going. Right. Yeah. If that's the case, yeah. You. Truthfully, you're probably going to be better off to just re- replace them. Okay. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jim. You bet. Take care. Yeah, I'm not a, a huge fan of, of the uh, Whirly Birds. I t- typically prefer my first choice is going to be a uh, ridge ridge vent. If you don't have enough ridge, then I look at the solar-powered fans because they move serious air when it's needed. So... Those are the choices I would take a look at. Lot preparation. I plan on building a new home in a couple of years and was curious if you recommend leveling the lot and removing any large trees ahead of time or wait until I start the building process. I was also thinking of doing a full basement, but I'm unsure of the success rate with this in Texas. Thank you, Tim. Well, Tim... Uh, And this is out of Sherman, Texas. I'm I'm assuming that's where he's also talking about building. But basements can be built in Texas. We don't build them because it's cheaper to build up and out than it is to go down. Uh, Putting in a basement is very expensive. They do it in the northern states because they got to dig down and get below the frost lines. And once they do that, they dig a couple more feet and they've got great usable space. Here in Texas, we don't have a frost line to worry about, so this, therefore we don't put in the basements. The big thing if you do put in a basement, you got to have great drainage around it. So you seal the basement, you put a French drain around it, make sure that the drain pipe is below the bottom of the foundation so that water doesn't accumulate and come in at the very base. That's the biggest problem we run into is they just don't put the drain systems in properly. But other than that, yes, it can be done. It's just unbelievably expensive. As far as uh, should you take the trees out first? Absolutely. I put an addition on one of my homes many years ago. I removed the tree two years before I did the addition. And the reason for that, the soil is going to expand when the tree is removed. And if you do it shortly before you do the foundation... It'll heave the foundation on you. Uh, So if you take the tree out early, let the soils rehydrate and everything, you're less likely to have a foundation problem down the road. And the big thing, get a soils report done. So you know what type of foundation to build and you know what the swell potential of the soil is because that should be part of the soils report. And if you go get our newsletter, I just did a, an article this past Friday for the newsletter. If I was to build a new home, what would I do? And the number one thing is get that soils report so I know what type of foundation. Then I would build, design my house around the type of foundation. Too often we want to have this dream house where you know it looks a certain way, and then we're trying to fit that onto the type of soils we're dealing with, Let's find out what we're going to deal with soil-wise and build the house around that. Okay, this one came in to me on Friday. It's from Mike and McKinney. I have a second floor that squeaks when someone walks on it. It isn't just one spot. It happens all over. Sometimes. It is more of a cracking sound than a squeak. The intensity varies depending on the time of year. How do I troubleshoot it to discover the exact cause of the problem? The contractor did not use tongue and groove subfloor and did not glue and screw. What are the options for fixing it? I've added screws to the subfloor which haven't helped much. Would adding another layer of subfloor help? Okay. Uh, First, it doesn't necessarily have to be tongue and groove. Uh, I mean, whether you got tongue and groove or not, you can still have this same problem. It sounds like the floor is just plain not attached well enough. And I'm not one who gets overly concerned whether it's glued or not, but the one thing that does bother me is they didn't use screws. That is a big one. And even when uh, nails or screws are used, Quite frankly, too often, they're too far apart. It should have screws in it. There should be a screw basically every 12 inches. Yeah, a lot of them. And if you do that, you should get it tight enough that it quits squeaking. Uh, They do make a breakaway screw head, so you can put the screws in, and as you tighten it down, once it gets to the torque where the screw head is hitting the top of the plywood it snaps off therefore you can screw it through carpet and all that stuff the problem is how do you find the joist when you're screwing through the carpet so there there is a downside to it but um, truly your fix is going to be roll up the flooring screw the floor down securely and live with it and just keep in mind It's going to have some squeaks. No matter how you do it, it's going to have some squeaks. You're not going to eliminate 100% of them, but you can definitely minimize the heck out of it. Adding a second layer is not going to help a bit. In fact, if anything, that's going to make it worse because your first layer is still not properly attached.
0: You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.